0: Welcome back, everyone. We have an exciting video to jump into today. We're gonna be talking about Salesforce, the enterprise-level business-to-business company that I've referred to as mini-Microsoft. Now, I've talked about Salesforce as being an incredibly strong company, one that has a very wide moat, a very sticky product, one that's very difficult for companies to move from, and they're a software behemoth. This company really has a good franchise of, of software applications. Now, there is also some concerning news with Salesforce. I've done videos talking about the CEO seemingly not having his head in the game. He's been hanging out with celebrities. He has Matthew McConaughey on retainer for $10 million a year. And apparently he's been invited to like core meetings and some stuff like that. That's a little concerning. We also have him selling out basically all of his shares anytime he's paid. So he's not holding his investments in the stock. And there's been some points of concern regarding Salesforce, especially with the governance of the company. Now, they just had their recent quarter. We've seen the stock jet up, and a lot of people are wondering, what just happened? Is this real? Is Salesforce really on a good track now? Or are investors just becoming a little overenthusiastic? And that's what I hope to answer in this video we're gonna be looking at the numbers. We have them all imported into Qualtrim. I'll be reviewing the actual data. We'll show how the company's evolving over the years and last quarter. And then we're also gonna be looking at the future, the guidance that Salesforce is giving, where they're positioned in a strong way and where they have work to do. And I'm even gonna highlight an audio clip from this last earnings call from Mark Benioff, the CEO, because I saw quite a bit of a, a tone change from the CEO. So this is going to be an informative episode, especially if you're interested in following this company. I think it'll be very informative. We have a lot to jump into, so let's go ahead and get started. Now, before we jump into reviewing this quarter, I have to outline in terms of disclosures that I am invested in Salesforce. I'm a shareholder of the company. I've outlined this company as one of the seven investments, one of seven holdings in my story fund, which is my secondary growth centered portfolio. This portfolio, if I blow it up here, it is struggling. It's down 25%. I have some big bets in Amazon and Netflix that haven't gone well so far. But these are long-term compounding investments. I'm not judging them based off of a one or two-year timeline. I think they'll continue to do well. One of the companies that I've invested in, that I've invested in from the beginning of this portfolio, is Salesforce. Why did I invest in Salesforce? Because I've worked with this product before. I've worked with this company, they have a stranglehold on the businesses that use their application. By that I mean, businesses pick out what type of enterprise solution they wanna go with to manage their sales and leads and customer service, billing and all of that stuff. Once they implement that into their business, once they have it as part of their workflow, it becomes ingrained into the company it's like they're they're the veins that just transfer the blood throughout the body. It becomes a part of them. And to unroot it is very difficult. To move to something else is a huge undertaking. So as businesses adopt Salesforce into their workflow, they're stuck unless they want to go through the process of trying to merge over to something different, which is a very difficult process. That gives Salesforce residual clients that use their software for years and years, and I think even decades. That makes it so that when their customers grow and they hire more employees, they have more seats and user licenses, Salesforce grows with it. And then on top of that, Salesforce has become a little bit of a mini Microsoft, buying up different companies like Slack, like MuleSoft, like Tableau, and they they add that as part of their offering. They bundle it similar to how Microsoft has done. They follow their same strategy, which it ultimately leads to pretty good results. So the thesis on Salesforce is a very wide moat company that will have a lot of future growth, very sticky customers that have a very difficult time moving from them. And then on top of that, there's other additional elements of a moat where there's Uh, an entire app market on it, which is difficult to compete with as well. They just have a lot of advantages. So in terms of the actual company, the software, the moat, the compounding going forward, I think we have a strong company here. One that I want to have an interest in. And the problems with Salesforce are ones that I consider to be solvable, temporary. I've made critical videos. Ones where I've criticized the relationship that Salesforce has with celebrities. Salesforce is ping. Matthew McConaughey reported $10 million per year for creative help despite laying off 8,000 employees. This is, you know, $10 million a year is not a big deal for a company that revenues billions of dollars, but it's more the, the message that they're sending here, their attitude towards control. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Obviously, they they don't need to be paying Matthew McConaughey this much money. So this type of news has plagued Salesforce. It's put a bad image on Mark Benioff. It shows him as being careless with the money that he's using, the way that he's investing, and everything is being driven for top-line growth and not profitability of the company. So there you have my investment thesis. There you have some of the problems plaguing Salesforce. Now let's go ahead and jump into the actual numbers and see what's happened because not many things cause a stock to go up 12% after hours. But here we see on Qualtrum that the stock is up 12% after hours, and a note saying it's because of this earnings report. So let's go ahead and look at what happened. We have the latest numbers in here. And just a side note, if you're confused of what this software is, it's called Qualtrum.com. It is included as part of the Patreon. If you join it today to try it out, you will not be charged. You'll get charged in a month from now, the beginning of next month. So you have an entire month the free trial it. And as well as you get access to the Discord community, all the exclusive videos, everything else, it's all, all included. There's no separate charges for any of that. So try it out if you haven't, but let's go ahead and take a look at these numbers here. First of all, let's go ahead, look at the price of Salesforce. It's gone up today, obviously. We can see what's happened here. Year to date, it's actually up 38%. So it's on a very good run this year. Like a lot of other software companies, they're having a little bit of a comeback. But we zoom out a little bit more, two years. Salesforce is trading at one point above $300 per share. It got ahead of itself there. And it's come down a lot since then, down 9% over the past year, um, being above $300 per share. And currently it's at 186. So still over $120 down from its all-time high. Now, Let's go ahead and take a look at what happened this last quarter. And we have the latest numbers in here. The first thing that we'll look at is the revenue growth of the company. The revenue last quarter was $8.38 billion, which is up 14% year over year. They say on a constant currency basis, that's up 17%. So if you took out foreign exchange issues, they actually grew revenue 17%. When you factor in currency exchange, they grew 14%. Very fast revenue. And, you know, people criticize when these companies have revenue growth slow down for a quarter or two. But this shows a pretty good history. You're looking at a strong company here. Try to look up different charts on Qualtrum of any company. You name it. Type in any of them and see how many companies grow revenue this many quarters this consistently for this many years. There's not many of them, not many in the entire world that is able to do that. Salesforce has a unique way of being able to grow revenue. The EBITDA last quarter was $1 billion. So that looks in line with the past four, nothing special there. We get to of course my favorite chart here, I think the most meaningful one, which is the free cash flow chart. Now last quarter was very strong, $2.57 billion in free cash flow. We look at this one, two, three, four quarters ago, and it was 1.8 billion. So the free cash flow year over year, the same quarter, 1.815 billion to 2.57 billion. It's a 27% increase in the amount of free cash flow quarter over quarter, or year over year, the same quarter. Very strong. This is a strong quarter with both the revenue growth and the free cash flow growth. Now, the thing that plagues these companies software companies where you have to have a lot of highly talented individuals that have a skill set that's pretty unique, which is is building these applications, they demand a lot of compensation and these companies like to pay them in stock. When we flip over to stock-based compensation, Qualtrim outlines it here in purple. So at the orange and purple you can easily contrast how much is free cash flow and then how much stock based compensation they they issued the same quarter. What we see here is a trend of the stock-based compensation going up a little bit, about as much as the free cash flow, and then it really spiked up in 2021, and then look what happened—it's actually down from where it was three quarters ago. If we if we look at this, so we can zoom in. Maybe you can see this a little bit better here. Maybe not. We got to zoom and and take a look at it here. Maybe I'll just zoom in on the video right here. Can you see how it's going down ever so slightly? The past three quarters consecutively, it's gone down. I take that as a positive thing because the free cash flow grew 26% year over year and the stock-based comp is actually going down, meaning that they're growing the company without growing the expenses. That is a positive thing. That's obviously what's leading to their margin expansion. And they did have dramatic margin expansion in this quarter. So right there, that is scalability. That's what we wanna see in software companies. Revenue going up with costs maintaining or going down, or at least going up at a slower rate. What we do not want to see are companies where the stock based comp is outpacing the free cash flow and it's outpacing the revenue. And that's what's plagued a lot of companies like Google and Meta. Their stock based comp is going up like crazy, even at a faster rate than their profitability. So, right here, we see a company that at least right now it looks like they're actually focusing on their costs, it's really good to see. I think this is really a material positive thing to see. If we look at the Kager of both of them, the compound annual growth rate, we have the stock-based comp over the past 10 years growing at 27% and the free cash flow growing at 29%. So both of them are going up in tandem, but we have the stock-based comp going up at a slightly lower speed. That's, That's a good thing. Again, profitability, And revenue growing at a faster uh, pace than expenses, very good thing. After that, we can take a look at the the cash balance. I don't think the earnings per share is as important right now. They have all these non-gap metrics that they go by because of one-time costs. But if we look at the the cash balance here, I want to take a look at this as well. This shows the health of the company. If a company has loads of long-term debt and they don't have a lot of cash, that can put them into dire situations if their debt matures at the same time. When I look at Salesforce, I can break it down and just look at the debt. The debt outstanding in isolation is quite high, 8.8 billion, but once you factor in cash, they have right now $12.5 billion in cash. They are fine. They have more cash than long-term debt. You factor in capital leases, which is renting out of their very nice office buildings, they still have more cash than both their long-term debt and their capital leases. This company, in terms of its cash balance, is incredibly strong. They have no leverage. They're like Costco in this regard. They're not putting the company at jeopardy by taking out high amounts of leverage. And you have to give them credit. A lot of companies, they do a thing where they take out debt to buy back their own shares. They take out more and more debt to buy back more shares. So they'll do buybacks, but they're all debt funded, and their debt will go up far past their cash balance to where they lever up more and more and more and more until the company is at five or six times their leverage of their EBITDA. And although that can be rewarding to the shareholder, when you do that, it's only for a limited amount of time. Salesforce isn't doing that. They're not levering up to do buybacks. They're keeping their balance sheet very strong. Now, just to pause halfway through this checkup, so far, I think things look pretty good. The revenue is growing at a very fast pace, 17% year over year. The free cash flow is growing even faster. It grew over 20% year over year with the stock-based comp going down. That's like an added bonus. So expenses are going down, their revenue is growing, the real free cash flows are growing. And then on top of that, the balance sheet looks very strong, more cash than debt and capital leases. I have to say so far, mid-checkup, we'll we'll continue to look at it, but mid-checkup, I like what I see. I think things look really, really good. Now, of course, the next thing is the dividend. Does Salesforce pay a dividend? Obviously not. I can blow up the graph here. We have nothing in their history. And this is something that I do like to see in companies is when they pay a dividend. Companies that pay longstanding growing dividends are typically decent companies. You can't grow a dividend over a 20-year period without growing your cash flows. So not paying a dividend is something that's, I think it's a little bit of a, a negative. I think it's something that I don't like to see, but it's one of two ways a company can return capital. If the company doesn't pay a dividend, typically they'll return capital back to the shareholder, in the form of share buybacks. And that's where we look at the shares outstanding chart. Here's something that I would give as a warning. When you're trying to look at the amount of share buybacks a company does, do not take the number at face value. They'll say that we bought back $2 billion of shares. But what they won't mention is that we issued $2 billion of shares. If a company issues $2 billion of shares, and then they buy back $2 billion of shares, The share count remains the same. You haven't gained any equity, any interest in the business, it's flat. That doesn't help you. That's not really returning capital back to you. The way to actually determine whether or not your interest in the company is increasing is looking at the shares outstanding chart. If the shares outstanding are going up over time, you are losing interest in the business. You are being diluted. If they're going down over time, you are gaining interest in the company. In this case, for the entire history of Salesforce, they've issued shares and issued shares, and sometimes they've done even a bigger issuance to buy things like Slack. So little little jumps here, quarter over quarter, and the shareholder is continually being diluted. Now, if we look at last quarter, and I know this is difficult to see, last quarter, the actual share count went down, which means that Salesforce actually did effective buybacks. They bought back more stock than they issued. It went down quarter over quarter by minus 1.3%. So they actually reduced the share count 1.3%, which is around $1.8 billion worth of actual effective buybacks. It's pretty good for a single quarter, buying back almost $2 billion worth of shares. I, I like it. I like seeing directionally that now the shares aren't going up. And this is the first quarter this has ever happened. Share count went down. They're now returning capital back to the shareholder. Very interesting to see the company finally do this. The last things that we can look at here, the ratios of the company. This just looks awful. Like we have the operating ratio. It's basically flat here. They have a bunch of adjusted metrics they use. Profitability is at 5%. So very small profit margins right now, but they are increasing. And then finally, we have the expenses chart here. We can look at this quarter over quarter. And this is something that's very interesting to see. I look at the expenses here. What do we notice over the past year? The total expenses of running Salesforce are going down. As the company's growing double-digit revenues, the expenses are decreasing quarter over quarter. This is something I think is very positive. Now, if we actually have a breakdown here, the expenses are going down in research and development, general and administrative, What they're keeping pretty flat is sales and marketing, because that is a growth driver of this company. They have to get on the phones, they have to do the corporate sales funnel. That's how they actually grow the revenue. So, this is an important part of their expense. The general administrative research and development, I'm not sure exactly what they're doing there, but these numbers are going down. When I look at this quarter overall, I like it. I don't know how people couldn't like this quarter. The revenue is growing at double digits, the free cash flow grew at 20% plus year over year, with stock-based comp going down, the balance sheet looks fantastic, shares outstanding are going down at a pretty decent pace now, the company's ratios are improving, their margins have improved a lot just over the past year, and the expenses are going down. They're going down as the company's growing. What's not to like with this quarter? I think overall, it's deserved that the stock went up 10%. I don't think that that's an overreaction from the market. Now, Obviously something changed in the past 90 days. I think it may have had something to do with the three different activist investors involved in the stock, but the attitudes were different and the way the company's being managed seems to be a little bit different. When I was listening to the earnings call, one part of this stuck out to me. It was Mark Benioff and it was the first question that he answered on the call. He showed what is his main focus right now. Let me go ahead and play this clip because I think think you'll find
1: it interesting. There's basically two motions here. One is, just like we just heard, Brian has to continue to deliver the ACV. You know, that's why we're keeping a lot of stability in our sales organization right now, maintaining the productivity, deliver the year in ACV. This is really critical for us. That's motion number one. Motion number two is also, at the same time, Uh, Profitability. Profitability is our truly our number one strategy, and that's my number one strategy. That's what I've been focused on. With the profitability
0: is now his number one strategy. Mentions profitability over and over and over again.
1: Management team, that is the number one thing we talk about at the start of every meeting we have in this company, and that is why we were able to deliver that in 90 days. You all know that we've never had an efficiency focus in the company before because we've had 24 incredible years of where we've had to just grow, grow, grow. There have been moments where we've had to pull back. 01, 02, bad recession, we had to pull back. 08, 09, we had to pull back and reassess. We're kind of looking at this moment as, hey, we can reassess. This is an incredible moment. We can deliver great results. You saw we're delivering more than 10% growth, revenue growth. But we want to deliver this more than 27% margin growth for the year. uh, And not growth, but a margin target. And we're going to, obviously, the growth rate is actually much higher. Now, my main
0: takeaway from this and listening to him on the call is that he got the memo very clearly. He is responding to shareholders' wants and requests. He has a lot of activist investors involved in the stock. The company's taken a lot of flack recently, a lot of bad press. Mark Benioff sees that. And he's saying that now we're focused on profitability. We're going to serve the shareholders. And I think that this is a a good response. Now, you might just say that he's a smooth talking CEO. Obviously, he's very good at communication. So he might just be saying this to appease shareholders. True, but the numbers are showing that he's actually doing what he's saying. They are focused on profitability. All the expenses are coming down, all the, the costs of the company and the margins are improving. So, I believe him. I think he is focused on profitability. And as far as I can tell, I think that Salesforce is on a very good track now. I think they're headed in the right direction. Now, in terms of the future of Salesforce, the company also gave guidance and almost every metric was above what the analysts were predicting. They're predicting strong revenue growth, very strong margin expansion. That's the main one, which, again, is that focus on profits. So they gave this guidance. It's stronger than what the analysts were expecting. There's a bigger focus on marginal improvement, restructuring the company, cutting costs, cutting cutting off excess. This is all stuff that I like to see. Overall, when I look at Salesforce, there's a lot of opinions on this company, but I still think the core aspects of the company remain strong. That is the mode of the company, the pricing power, the switching costs, and its huge franchise of software. I think the biggest issues have been governance related, wasteful spending in an era of low interest rates. As Mark Benioff pivots his direction from being a company that's only obsessed with top line revenue growth and kingdom building with acquiring more and more assets to now one that's growing its core products and profitability and margins, I think the company could outperform over the next couple of years. So in my opinion, as far as I'm concerned with my holding, I remain bullish on Salesforce. I'm going to continue to hold the company. Uh, I think it may outperform. I, I really do. But
1: I'll continue to track it and give it my thoughts. So far, I like the direction. See you in the next one.